In this week's um, Torah reading, the portion is Vayakel, and the um, the narrative begins with Moshe gathering the people of Israel together and telling them about Shabbos, about keeping the seventh day, sanctifying the seventh day as a day of rest. <coughs> and then continues with the um, instructions of building the Mishkan, the tabernacle, in the desert. Now, it seems, if you read a little bit, the passage seems to be a repetition of something that happened a few portions previously, where which is Parshas Truma, where the Torah tells us basically the same thing. And Moses is instructed about the building of the tabernacle, the building of Mishkan, and also about the sanctification of the seventh day of the week as the day of Shabbos. So the simple reason of the repetition is that earlier it was, this was that the first part of the narrative is the way Moses received it from Sinai. And now Moshe is repeating this now to to the people of Israel and instructing them to build the tabernacle, to build the Mishkan itself. But if you look at the order of events, they change. That earlier first came the Mishkan, and then came Shabbos, and here first is Shabbos and then the Mishkan. So there's something that we have to understand about this. Also earlier, first came the instructions of building the actual vessels of the Mishkan, let's say the menorah or the ark, and the other vessels in the Mishkan, and then talked about building the structure of the Mishkan. And over here it's the reverse. First it speaks about building the structure, and then about building the vessels. Now if you put these two things together, you'll see that there's a very close parallel here, that Shabbos comes first in the same place where the Mishkan comes first, the actual structure. And over there, the, the vessels come first, and also first comes the building of the Mishkan. So in general, the two ideas like this, generally, the laws of, of the way we keep Shabbos follows the actions that were created to create the Mishkan. There's something that the Malachs on Mishkan, the work that was done to create the Mishkan, those are the actions that we should refrain from during the Shabbos. So creating the Mishkan represents human participation. And Shabbos represents the opposite of human participation because there is the place where you do, which you contribute, which you're creating something. And that corresponds to the weekdays. And then there's the idea of the absence of doing, where you stop doing which when you stop doing, you just are, you're just being. And that's the idea of Shabbos, of resting. Now, the distinctions between people is not in their place of rest, but it's in their place of doing. Because when you say one person, let's say, is more intelligent than the other person, one person is more creative and one person is, is less creative, and one person is more artistic, and each one has their own, something, to, something unique to contribute, and we're the, the, the world of distinctions is in the place of our doing. But if everyone is, let's say, sleeping, everyone's resting, everyone's resting the same way. In doing, there's separation. 
and there's distinction, and there's one person excels in one thing, the other person excels in the other thing. But in the opposite, in the absence of doing, everyone is exactly the same. Now, if you look at the, the beginning of the book of uh, Bereshis, the beginning of Genesis, there's something also interesting, and we can parallel these ideas as well. If you look at the beginning of the creation story, first there is the six days of the week, and then comes the seventh day. So first there's the world of creation, of creativity, and then there's the resting of creativity. But if you look from the perspective of the creation of Adam and Eve, so Adam and Eve are created at the end of the sixth in the sixth day, so meaning they're created at the end of the creation story. So for their reality, first comes Shabbos, and then comes the six days of the week. Now the truth is, so you have these two perspectives. Either Shabbos is a place that you reach, or it's a place to come from. So either you're being, so you have doing, which is the place of weekday. Then you have your place of being, which is the place of your rest. So either you're working, and then through the details, you finally come to a place of rest, which would mean that the parallel to that would be first is the six days of the week, and then comes Shabbos, or the opposite, that first comes Shabbos, which is your being, and your doing comes from your place of your beingness. And these are actually two parallels over here. These, are, these parallel each other. And it also depends, really, from which perspective you're talking about. From the Creator's perspective of creation, if we can understand it this way, first comes doing, then comes being. Obviously, first before doing comes the ultimate being. Mm -hmm. So, in another way of phrasing this in, in, in a more... in another, another way of, of using language for this, that there is first the klal, klal is the principle, the general, then comes the specific, which is the prat, the details, or first comes unity, first comes the tree of life, then comes the details, which is prat, which is the tree of knowledge, and then comes Shabbos, which again is back to the tree of life. Right? So you have principle, specific, and then back into the principle. The principle will also be the intention. Um, so in the course of the week, if you're counting Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, moving into, into Shabbos, then you're going from the, from the details, from the prat, from the specifics, from the creativity, from where every person is unique and separated. You're moving into the place of Shabbos, which is the tree of life. If you're, count, if you're counting your week differently, which means that you, you begin with Shabbos, then it's the reverse order. First you have Shabbos, which is your being, the principle, the klal, and then comes the prat, all the details of your creativity, which you're expressed in the six days of the week. Now, obviously, these correspond also to, in terms of the spherot, into the lower seven emotional spherot. So Sunday, the first day of the week, corresponds to the attribute of chesed, and the second, the attribute of gevura, and the next one, the attribute of tiferes. So every Sunday is a lot of kindness, and Monday is a day of separation, and Tuesday is a day of compassion, Wednesday's perseverance, Thursday's is uh, humility, and Friday's connection. And then Shabbos itself is Malchus, which is your being. Again, it has no attribute on its own. It's just being. You're stopping to do. So the question is, do the spirit flow from Chesed, Gevur, Tiferes, and that's how you saw it into Malchus? Or does it work the other way? Because Malchus can also be the end of one, and the definition of Malchut is really kingship. 
and it's really kingship, and it's a crown. So what Malchus is that it's the lowest of the seven, but also becomes the crown of the lowest of the lower ten. So Malchus has a double idea that both it's receding from everything below, and it's become uh, from everything above, and it also becomes the crown for everything below it. So again, so Shabbos has these two elements. In every Shabbos itself, you have really these two elements, which is how are you experiencing rest on Shabbos? The basic defini- definition would be that when you're speaking about Friday night, where you're coming from the work week, and you just had a hard week, and you finally say, enough, and I'm stopping now for, for the next 24 hours, I'm just going to rest from my work. So then what you're feeling in the beginning of Shabbos is that Shabbos is the rest from week, which is that there's first six days of the week, and according to the work that you put in throughout the six days of the week, that's what you're going to feel Shabbos. So it's going to be rest from work. As you enter deeper into Shabbos, you're forgetting about the past week, and now Shabbos doesn't, it's not just resting from work, but it's a rest that's above work which is that it's no longer just the resting from where you came from, but it becomes the foundation of where you're going towards. And that's where Shabbos becomes the, the, um, the beginning of the new week. These two perspectives, again, is actually a very complicated way of thinking about Shabbos, and it actually has even, um, uh, today it's not so applicable, but in the times of the Talmud it speaks about someone that gets lost, and forgets the time and doesn't remember what day is Shabbos. So what should this person do? So there are two opinions. One opinion says that he should count or she should count six days, and then on the seventh day they should rest symbolically as the day of Shabbos. And the other person' opinion says no, the opposite. They should keep the next day because they're already middle of that day. So the next first day that they have, they should keep as Shabbos and then count six days afterwards. Now, what's the argument? One argument says that you follow the way of creation, which first is the details of six days and then Shabbos. The other one says, no, you follow the, the way we're talking about the creation of the human being, is that first there's Shabbos and then there's the six days of the week. So we have these two perspectives, and we have to understand a little bit deeper why are these perspectives this way. Okay, so it's, it's pretty much clear that from the perspective of the human being, First comes Shabbos, then comes weekday. First comes principle, then comes detail. From the perspective of creation, from the creator, it's the opposite. The first comes the details, and then comes the principle. We see this also reflected, actually, in the the way it's described. Uh, the actual uh, the Mishkan is that first, in, this, in the story of Truma, in the earlier portion, first comes the building of the Mishkan, which is the detail, the creation, the six days of the week, and then comes the concept of speaking about Shabbos. But in this week's portion, it's the opposite. Where we're actually building the Mishkan. First comes Shabbos, and then comes weekday. Then comes the building of the Mishkan, which again, it's parallels the same idea from this creation. So you have the perspective of the human being, of us participating. First comes the details. That, first comes the principle, then comes the details. And from the perspective of the creator, first comes the the details, and then comes the principle. So, why is it this way? So let's go. Let's try to understand this on a cosmic level, and try to understand what's how exactly this works. So, everything begins with one, and uh, 
the way we'll describe the Ein Sof, the infinite one, is that this one, it's a call, it's a principle, it's absolutely unified. The one then becomes expressed through the process of tzimtzum, through the process of contraction and concealment, becomes now expressed in multiplicity in the many. And that's why there's six days of creation, corresponds to the six spherot, the six directions, that represents the world of dimension. So the one is now expressed in many. What's the intention of the one being expressed in the many? The intention is that we should take the many and become back in one. And there's two there's two concepts when we think about one of a, as a singularity. There's there's um, yachid and echad. These are two Hebrew words for one, but they actually refer to different ideas. Yachid is a singularity that transcends separation, and Echad is a singularity that includes separation. I'll give you a very simple example in terms of a human being's life. Let's say a person is single. A person is, that's living, living a single life is a Yachid. They're one, and they're living a single life. Then they meet somebody else, and they're entering into a relationship with another person. That other person is now an other. Now there's two. Eventually, if this relationship really works, and they're having a, a healthy relationship, the two now become like one again. But there's a very big difference between the one I was, was the way the person was single, versus the one the way the person is in a relationship. Before, the single meant that there's an absolute one that doesn't have an other. Then there was an other, which means there was a relationship, and then the relationship forged in such a way that now the two became back one. But the one that comes from two is much higher than the one that transcends two. Because the one that transcends two is a one that doesn't include two. The one that comes after two is a one that includes two. You follow? And this is a very this is would be the difference between the, the principle of one, the way it exists prior to creation, versus the way it exists within creation and when the way something reaches its culmination. Prior to creation, the Ain Sof is one. There's no other besides the Ein Sof. Through the process of Tzimtzum contraction and concealment of the Ein Sof, of the infinite light, there was revealed the vessels, which appears to be the world of separation. That's two. The intention of the, of the creation of the vessels is that we should transform the vessels, that they should feel and be, and be felt as if they're light. If, if you want to translate this in a very coarse uh, definition, is that we are the vessels, and the, the intention of our creation is that we should become like the light. That means just like the Creator gives, and is the ultimate source of all giving, so we are the created vessel which wants to receive, and the intention of our receiving should be that we should become like the Creator, so we should give. So what we're doing is we're transforming the vessel back to the original one, but there's still a vessel, that means we're receiving, we're s- still present, and our... Our contribution is that we become like the one from the place of our separation. Normally, so this is the this is the order. There's a there's a klal, which is the great one, the one principle. Then there's the prat, which is the details, and then there's a klal, which is the principle. The klal, the great principle, is one. 
the practice, the details, our specifics, where we're contributing, where we're participating. The, the following cloud, great principle, is the way the prat, the details, are merging into the one. Let's try to think about this in terms of Shabbos and the days of the week. The idea of Shabbos, there's multiple levels of what Shabbos represents, but on a very simple level, Shabbos is what's going to give you focus for your week. When you get stuck in a routine of working, and you're working every day, slowly you become enslaved to what you're doing, and you're never taking a step back to observe, why am I doing this, and what's the intention, what's my purpose? The, the simple definition of Shabbos is that once a week we can step back from what we're doing, and ask ourselves the question is, why am I doing this, and is what's my purpose of me doing this? So it's a re- it, you're reconnecting with your purpose and your objective that you wish to achieve. So you're working very hard, and then you step back and say, okay, so I'm working hard because of this and the other. So by just me stopping to identify myself with what I'm doing, I I can reclaim why am I doing it. I can reclaim the purpose of why am I doing this. So I'm working very hard to make money because of what? Maybe sometimes I got sidetracked from my objective that it just became about making money, or whatever I'm doing, it just became about the object itself, and I lost the intention and the purpose. And this is the same thing also on a very on every aspect of life. So we're we're brought into we become embodied into this world in a place of separation, in a place of work. We we're asked to contribute and give uh, give of our talents and make something out of ourselves. But the the intention always is that for to reach the great principle again, the great the, the unity, the, the the oneness, the Shabbos, which means that the culmination of all our work will reach the point of Shabbos. Just like we have this in a weekday, we also say this on a collective level that we're working towards a messianic age, which is the day of Shabbos, where the where our purpose becomes revealed. So you're working hard for something to become revealed at a later point of time. When you're functioning from a place where there's a separation between your work and your intention, there's the possibility that your work consumes you so much that you forget your, your intention while you're working. That, let's say you're an idealistic person, you started off in life and you're 20 years old and you said, this is what I want to do with myself and I'm going to work really hard to achieve it. And you had these certain ideals that you wanted to achieve and this is the, this is the overarching theme and your purpose why you were, what you felt that you want to work so hard. And you, you tried and then you get really involved and now you're 40 years old, you look back and you say, the original intention why I felt that I have to go so get so involved in what I'm just doing is because I want to achieve this, that, and the other thing, but now it's just about actually being in the place of my work. So you just get stuck in the place of separation. Or we come down to this world in a much more general scheme of things. We come down to this world, and the whole intention of being present in this world of separation is to unify the separation and to create unity in this world. And we get lost in the world of separation, and it's just about our creativity, and just about participating, and just about being us, and me, and you, and, and every person is in their own selfish little ego. And you forget about the bigger picture. In, in the spiritual world, from the Creator's perspective, there's no, there's no concept of separation. And because there's no concept of separation, there's no separation between cause and effect or between the act and its purpose. In our world of separation, we can do certain acts, we have certain purposes to achieve through those acts, or certain causes that we create, 
and the effect is only f- effect felt later. So let's say you're working to achieve something. There's no, there's not necessarily, do, not necessarily when we're doing something, is it revealed to us the intention while we're doing it. The intention can be revealed to us later. Let's say for a very simple example. Let's say you're trying to, uh, let's say today, you're going to work hard because uh, you need to make a certain amount of money because you want to do, you want to feed your family. It's very immediate and this is what you want to do. So you have to, you're going to earn money to help your family. Um, while you're working, the intention of what will happen after you get your paycheck is not revealed while you're working. Now, it could be that you're very much into feeding your family because you know that they're really desperate, so you're thinking about it the whole time, but it's possible that it's not, that the, the intention becomes separate, the purpose becomes separate from the act itself. You're following? Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about a place that there is no separation, then the intention and the act and its purpose are always revealed at the same time. So let's try to understand this, what this means. If we're, if we're talking about from the creator's perspective, and we say from the creator's perspective, the way it works is that the first is a principle, which is one. Then is a prat, which is the details, which is the story of creation, which parallels eventually the story of building the tabernacle, the mishkan. So first comes the mishkan, the building of the mishkan. First comes the six days of the week, and then comes Shabbos. From the perspective of the human being, first comes Shabbos, right, in terms of creation. First comes Shabbos in terms of building a Mishkan, and then we speak about the creation of a Mishkan or the creativity or participating in the six days of the week. Why this? Why is it this order? Because from the perspective of the Creator, the details and the principle are one and the same. There's never a separation between the principle and the details. In other words, the moment there's a creation, the purpose already of creation is already fulfilled. It's only from our perspective that creation begins and its purpose will only be realized in a future time. But if everything occurs in the same moment, there is no past and future, the moment that there was an intention to create for a purpose of what that creation should be, the purpose was already realized once there was a creation because there's no separation between the, the cause and the effect, between the action and the reaction. So the moment there is a creation of the details, it's already revealed the principle, which is the purpose. The moment is an other, there's already recognition of what's the purpose of the other, the other should become part of the one. So if you lived, theoretically, if you lived in the place from the, in the creator's mind where there's no separation between the details and the principle, between the action and the purpose, you would never be in a situation where you forget the purpose. Right? Because the purpose is always revealed at every moment. However, from our perspective, where action and reaction, there's a separation of time between action and reaction. There's a separation of time sometimes between our actions and the purpose of why we're doing our actions. The problem could become is that we get lost in the, in the world of our action. We get lost in the place of our creativity. We get lost in the place of what we're doing that we forget why we're doing it. You started off with this great understanding, this is what I want to achieve in my life, or this is, this is what I want out of this situation. But you get stuck in the details, and you're just in the place of the details, if you get the picture. So how do we ensure that we don't lose focus when we're in the details of the principle? Because if you're, working from the princi- if you're going from the days of the week into Shabbos, right? if you're going from the story of the Mishkan to the building of to the concept of Shabbos, 
then it could be that when you're stuck in the six days of the week, which is where you're participating, your creativity, and it's about you and what your and, and your actions, you're going to forget what the purpose is for. What am I doing this for? So the way to ensure that we don't forget what the purpose is for is if the purpose is revealed even before we start doing it, or a glimmer, a glimpse of what our of what what will be revealed as our the ultimate purpose is revealed is revealed to us the moment we begin. If Shabbos is a day of the week, but Shabbos also represents an era, right? That an era, era, not an error. It represents a time period. That we say that there will come a time that the whole world will be like Shabbos. That everyone will rest and everyone will be peaceful and everyone will be one and unified. So the ultimate is to reach the place of Shabbos. Right? That's the purpose. The realization of creation is when creation finally goes from the six days of the week, which we're in this era at this present moment, to a place where we reach the place of Shabbos. That's the ultimate. Yom Shekul is Shabbos, the time when it will become all Shabbos. That's the ultimate purpose. That's what we're working towards. The problem is if we're only working in the place of details towards the place of the principle, if we're only working towards the, towards the purpose, most people get sidetracked and they get their, they get lost in the place of the details. So how, do, how is it ensured that when we're stuck in the details or we're working in the world of details towards a purpose, that we remember what our purpose is, is when the purpose is revealed to us even before we start working. A, a glimpse of it. It's almost like a person says, um, I don't know, someone has to work really hard to achieve something. Let's say a person wants to become an Olympian. It wants to be win the Olympics in, uh, I don't know, wants to run and become a swimmer. He wants to become the Olympian swimmer, the gold medalist of the swimmer. Um... So this kid, this kid's going to work really hard. He's a, he's a ten-year-old kid, and it's basically he's going to work the next fifteen years of his life really hard to become. But this is his dream to become an Olympian. Um, because of the dream, the realization of his purpose of why he's going to be training for the next ten years is so distant, he can be discouraged, or he can get just lost in the competition. And he actually forgets what his purpose is. I don't know why this kid would want to do this, but let's say this is what he wants to do, and he's going to work really hard for the next ten years to become an Olympian. Let's say it's an issue of pride. Let's say an issue of uh, that, that he wants people to recognize him and he's, uh, that he's an amazing athlete. Maybe this is what he's doing this for. Or maybe his parents are doing this for him. Whatever, I'm not really sure. But let's say this is his purpose. The way to get this kid to really work hard is to give a, the kid a glimpse of what he could achieve, what he will achieve, during his practice period until he finally achieves it. So if this kid every year wins the, you know, the local competition, or the you know the, the national competition of swimming, the kid's going to say, "Okay, this is what is this is a glimmer, a glimpse of what it means really to become an Olympian sports." So I I, 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 I since I see I, I my purpose becomes revealed to me during the course of my training, I can actually achieve that greater purpose. And this is this this is a similar analogy to what the idea of Shabbos is throughout the week. If Shab- if the ultimate purpose will be to get to the point of Shabbos, to get to the point that we finally put in all this work and it becomes realized in the time of Shabbos, we can become this disheartened because we don't experience it. And besides, we can get completely sidetracked that we just live in the place of the action and forget about its purpose. So we live in the place where we're just stuck in, I'm doing this thing, you're doing that thing, and you're just trying to be better than another person, and everyone's getting stuck in their own little world. So what Shabbos comes along is it gives 
a foundation and a glimpse of what it could what we could achieve saying here's 24 hours on a weekday where you can get a, you're getting a glimpse of ma'ain al-mahaba a taste of the world to come what is possible to to live in that place where you're no longer aggressive and no longer trying to achieve anything you're just in a place of your being and this will give you allow you first of all to continue continue forward and also make sure that you always remain focused so we have these two, these two parallels when there's no separation between work and the end of work between the practice and actually the end the end goal then you can say it works on six days of the week it works the Shabbos there's no there's no problem however when we're coming from a place where we can get lost in the place of the details first comes Shabbos and then comes the weekday so this is we have these two images of how we're going to how the Torah describes the laws of building the Mishkan when it's talking from the perspective of the Creator, so to speak, where God is telling Moses, "My Shabbat, this is what you should do." So first, He reveals to him the laws of the Mishkan, the building of the Tabernacle, which is the details, and then He says, "And afterwards, keep also the Shabbos, keep the seventh day holy." Okay, it's it's the details and the principle. This parallels the story of creation. First comes the six days of creation, and then comes the day of Shabbos. When My Shabbat is telling over the people. He, the order is changed. He first says the laws of Shabbos, and then he speaks about building the Mishkan, building the tabernacle. Now he's talking to the human being. And just like in the human being's creation story, first comes Shabbos, then comes the weekday. The same thing also, Moshe is revealing this truth to these people. First he reveals to them the concept of Shabbos, which is the purpose. And then he tells them how you're going to achieve that purpose. And this is through the details to creating the Mishkan. You're going to be involved in creating this, this tabernacle, this, this sanctuary, and this is the way you're going to reach a place of your creativity, and you're going to make a dwelling place for the Creator in this world. So we're going from the place of the details to the principle, but the, but the principle is already revealed before we enter into the world of details. Shabbos is already revealed before we come into the, into the six days of the week. From, if you want to go one step deeper the, the since we said that from the perspective of the creator first comes weekday six days of the week and then comes Shabbos from our perspective first comes Shabbos and then comes the weekday and we said because for us it needs, we have to reveal our purpose before we do our action from the creator's perspective the action and the purpose are revealed simultaneously. On a deeper level, when we say that these that things are revealed simultaneously, that the action and the result are or the cause and effect are revealed simultaneously, it actually means that that the cause and effect are really one, are unified. It doesn't only mean that the, the that there's a there's a cause and the effect that really happens a moment later. But from a higher perspective, the cause and effect happen simultaneously. But from the deeper perspective, the cause and the effect are something that are that is simultaneous. Let's use this in another way of phrasing it. There's a means and there's an there's, a, there's an end. There's a means and there's an end, right? You do you do an action which is a means towards a certain end, and the only intention of the means is to get to the end. Let's use the the six days of Shabbos. The end will be Shabbos. The six days will be the means to get to Shabbos. The only way to get to a place of rest, the only way to get to that place 
of complete resting from work is if you work. First you work on the six days of the week, then you can rest from that. So there's the means to get to that, which is Shabbos. There's the work that we do on a cosmic level, not just on our own life in terms of the six days a week of Shabbos, but on a cosmic level, the, six, the, the period of exile is the period where we're participating and we're creating and we're doing all these actions. And finally, it's revealed in its purpose in the day, which is Yom Shekol Shabbos, day that will become revealed Shabbos in its totality. But there's a means and there's an end and there's a separation between the means and the end. From the perspective where there's no separation between the means and the end, that means that everything is actually an end. Not only is there no separation between the means and the end, which means that there is, there is concepts that are a means, and there's a concept that's an end, and it happens simultaneously, which means that the means and the end happen at this very same moment, but from the deeper perspective, there's actually nothing that's only a means. Everything is an end in itself. Let's try to understand this. From the place of ultimate yichud, unification, ultimate one of the Creator, Everything is one, right? So nothing exists because of something else. If you're working only to reach Shabbos, that means there's no inherent value in your work. It's only to get to the place of Shabbos. If, let's say, you're working really hard to become a swimmer to win the Olympics, so there's nothing inherently of value in the work that you're putting in. If your intention is only to get there, let's say your intention is to, like we said before, let's say your intention is to feed your family. So you take yourself, you take a job, that's, let's say something you don't really want, you don't have any passion doing, but you feel like, if I, have, I need to make $100 today in order to feed my family. So there's the means of doing it, which is the work that I'm doing, and then the end is the paycheck and I get $100. If someone comes over to you and says, here's the $100, before you start work, you say, okay, fine, so I don't have to do the work. Right? So that means there's no inherent value in the work. The only reason why you're doing the work is to get to the result. Now, from the, pers- from the perspective of the world of separation, that makes sense, which means that there's one thing, separate from another thing, separate from another thing, so there could be some things that are just the means, and there's something that could be just an ends. Let's say you're saying that you eat, and the reason why you're eating is so you should be healthy, and the reason why you should be healthy is so you should be a good person to serve, serve Hashem. So let's say, so is there inherent value in your eating? You're going to say no, the only intention is that you should be healthy. But what if someone says, you know what, you don't have to eat anymore, and you're going to be healthy anyways. Then you want to, you will stop eating. But that means that there's no inherent value in the action itself. From the perspective of the one, everything is part of the one. So from the perspective of the one, there can't be a means and an end. Everything is an end. Just like the, in, in, the, in the Creator, so to speak, right? Everything in the Creator is one. So everything in the Creator is the end. It's not a means to an end. There's only one. Which means, let's try to translate into, into our daily life. If you're saying that you're doing one thing only for the purpose of doing it to get to some place else, then you're not living truly in a place of unity. Because what you're doing is you're saying that this one thing is a means and one thing is an end. Right? How do we know if we're really tapping into the deepest truth of, of the deepest possibility of living is when there's nothing in our life that's only there as a means to get to an end. When everything that we're doing actually is an end in itself. When you're not just eating, so you should be healthy, and you should be healthy, so you should do that, do that, so you should be the other thing. But when eating itself becomes a holy act, and when your your work itself becomes meaningful, not that you're working so you should get a paycheck, or that you're doing this so you should get that, but when everything that you're doing is an end in itself, 
That's the perspective where there is no separation between the six days of the week, which is the place of our work week, our participation, eating, sleeping, whatever we're doing in our life, and it's, and the purpose. Not because there's no, only, no longer separation, because these two things happen very quickly in rapid succession, that first there's a cause and effect, and there's a means, and there's an end, and there's the work, and then there's the result, but because there is no separation between these two things, because everything is an end, and everything is a purpose. So everything that we do in our life has purpose. So we don't we start we stop thinking about the reason why I'm doing this is so I I'm doing th- I'm doing one thing so I can, I'm a- I'll be able to do that other thing better. So let's say I'm I'm taking care of I'm, you know I'm, I'm let's say taking a walk so I'll be healthy to be stronger to do the something else. But when you start seeing things that are the way you're relating to them now just as means also as ends. So if you're just taking a walk because it's good for you. So it shouldn't just be the walk, that my intention of walking is, let's say, I'm going from point A to point B, and I just have to get from point A to point B, so therefore I have to walk. But there's intention in my walking itself. And that can be done with anything. You can think about, like, um, you can you think holy thoughts and elevate where you're stepping or whatever you're doing, but to make that, everything that you're doing in itself to become an end. And this is very interesting because this actually translates into the way the Mishkan, talking about the Mishkan, how it relates to the Mishkan itself. <coughs> from the perspective of Truma, which we said is from the divine perspective, right? Where first comes work, Mishkan, then comes Shabbos, right? What takes precedence, Mishkan or Shabbos? One comes first, one comes second. I'm not going to talk about that. Don't think about it in terms of means and an end. But if one comes first and then one comes second, we'll assume that the first takes precedence over the second. In the reverse order, in the, this week's portion, first comes Shabbos, then comes Mishkan. So we'll say that Shabbos takes precedence over Mishkan. So in the, in the, in the story of the actual building of the Mishkan, the question became, could you build a Mishkan on Shabbos? Could you build a Mishkan on Shabbos? Could you actually build a sanctuary on Shabbos? So, from the perspective of Vayakel, which is our perspective, where first comes Shabbos, then comes Mishkan. So Shabbos takes precedence over Mishkan, therefore we're not allowed to build a sanctuary on Shabbos. From the perspective of Truma, well, I'll try to unpack this idea. From the perspective of Truma, which is that first comes Mishkan, then comes the laws of Shabbos, you are allowed to build a Mishkan on Shabbos. What's the difference? When you're building something, now all agree, I mean, this is the way it was practiced even in times of the Temple, that in the Mishkan itself, in the Temple itself, the laws of Shabbos don't have such strong hold. That you're allowed to bring offerings, and you're allowed to use fire in Shabbos, <coughs> things that you're not allowed to generally do, in the Temple itself you're allowed to do it. So let's try to understand this. When you're building something to create a sanctified place, right? you're building a temple, your intention is to be, that the temple should be built. We don't, we don't have to talk about a little structure, but any type of sanctuary, any type of holy place you're trying to create, your intention is that it should be built. But there's no purpose in the building itself because the purpose is that the building should be built. So if the purpose is only in the end, 
then there's no value in the actual building. If there's no value in the actual building, then don't build on a Shabbos. Because Shabbos is the purpose. However, if you come from the perspective where there's no separation between the means and the end, between the building and the actually already being built, then building itself is the end. So if building itself is the end from the first perspective, then you can actually build a Mishkan on Shabbos. So from the perspective of Truma, where first comes the laws of Mishkan, then comes the laws of Shabbos, where there's no separation between the means and the end, we were technically allowed to build the sanctuary on Shabbos. Why? Because even building something to get someplace, the building itself is a holy act. That, because that's where, where every aspect is an end in itself. So you're not just building so it should be built, and then its, it's only purpose is that it should be built, which is the end, but the building itself, let's, just, uh, let's try to conclude, the, the building itself is an end into itself. And this is these are these two perspectives. I, let's try to make this, bring it down a little bit down into this so practical. And this is a, a very, very simple difference the way we relate to our lives, to everything that occurs in our life, and certainly the way we relate to all the mundane things that, that we have to do in life. The first perspective is we're, we're trying to bridge the means and the end, which means that we're trying to live in a place that we don't separate, that certain things in our life are just there to do in order to get to a certain destination. But everything in our life has meaning, and try to find the meaning in everything that you have in your life, and not to say that I have to do this painful thing or this unfortunate thing, and I really don't want to be doing it because I really need to get to the place. Or if I have to wash the dishes so the dishes will be clean, you shouldn't just say that the intention is that the dishes will be clean because then when you're washing the dishes, it has no purpose. But somehow when you're washing the dishes to make that into a holy act, and think about maybe getting rid of garbage and getting rid of dirt and what it means to scrub things off. And try to make that into a practice that you're actually relating to something in your own life that the, 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 the simple, trivial, maybe mundane activity of, of, of washing a dish becomes something that's no longer just a mean to an end, but it's an end in itself. And that's everything in our lives. So anything, we're talking about trivial things, but even bigger things. Any relationship, the work that we have, anything that you're, the people that you encounter, to try to make that into... Not just, not just uh, that the intention is that it will be realized in a day or two days, or the intention is of the after the effect or after the action, but to try to make it have an intention in the act itself, to make that meaningful in the act itself. That's the higher way that we can live. If we can do that to every single activity that we do in life, at least what we can do is to remember that there is a purpose. So that's like the second perspective. If you can't live in the first perspective where everything is loaded with purpose, where every, there's no means and an end, but everything has an end in itself and every action you're doing is filled with that purpose, then we can resort to the second perspective, which is Vayako, which is perspective as first the foundation comes as Shabbos. What is the foundation of Shabbos? The foundation of your life, of your activities, becomes your purpose. So even though you're doing something that's trivial, you have to say, okay, so what is my purpose? And not to lose focus in the details that you forget actually that there is a purpose. So if you're working really hard, to constantly remind yourself, okay, so why am I doing this? What is the purpose? And the highest way is that you see the purpose in itself, and if you can't see that, at least recognize that there is a purpose, that I'm doing this so I could achieve something. And if you do that, you keep on reevaluating re your life in a healthy way, that you keep on saying, okay, so why am I doing this? What's the purpose, and why am I really doing this? I, 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 you know, I know a few years ago I started doing this because X, Y, and Z, but these purposes don't are no longer relevant. So maybe I should stop doing this act. So it's just a way to remind us. And Shabbos, 
is the gift that we have that once a week we're forced to stop doing. Once a week we stop, we stop manipulating and stop creating and stop being, you know, the owner of our reality and just stop for for a few few hours and say, okay, so I, I want to reevaluate and make sure that everything that I'm doing is coming from the place of purpose. So these are these um, two perspectives. We'll have to do a little bit of meditation because to do something, so we'll figure this out.